It is Wednesday, May 17th, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is not my man, Trevor Plouffe. It is my man, Jolly Olive, who is pinch hitting since Plouffe has an early day game at Dodger Stadium for the Twins and Dodgers. I am Chris Rose, producer Dan along for the ride as well. Jolly, it is good to see you. You know, we haven't talked since the beginning of Blitzball Battle 3, where your role has kind of changed. You went from on the field to next to us in the booth. You have been the stats guy, and people have loved the transition. Thank you, Rosie. I appreciate it. It's good to see you as well. And yeah, man, that's that's my kind of natural habitat. So I was very happy to kind of slide over and see what I could offer there. And some of the splits we found with that database are really, really interesting. And I think there's a lot of people that go nuts for Blitzball, and now they can go even more nuts. And so the playoffs got started last night. Um, you know, our buddy Ploof and Forgotten Rotten taking on Team Como, a rematch from the regular season. We don't want to talk too much about it in case you haven't had a chance to digest it yet. Uh, the next Blitzball Battle playoff game will be released Thursday at 6 o'clock Eastern. I'll be back in the chat for that one. I had to miss yesterday because of Brady's playoff game, which unfortunately we lost in the state Aww. semifinals. But still a great run for his high school. Very proud of him and proud of the entire Eagles team. But we are here to talk about the big leaguers. And very rarely would Aaron Judge's go-ahead late-inning homer be the third most important or interesting thing that happened in a Yankees-Blue Jays game, but that's the way it rolled. Last night, Domingo Herman, a guy who was checked a month ago in his start against the Minnesota Twins, and they had him wipe off his hand because he had too much rosin apparently on it. Well, the same umpiring crew led by James Hoy last night, they didn't let him get away with something. They said, you've got way too much sticky stuff. Hoy said afterward it was the stickiest he's ever seen a hand, and he said, I am definitely 100% certain that it was not rosin on it. So he got ejected. He is subject to a 10-game suspension. We don't know if he's going to appeal as of yet. Here you're going to hear from Aaron Boone and Domingo Herman's translator. Look, I think they've all experienced this enough and what it is to be a pitcher and, you know, what what the differences are. Um, so the reality is we should all have a very good idea what the line is. And apparently Domingo crossed it tonight. That's the, the, the clear direction that I want, you know, because uh, I, I don't want this to happen again, you know. And, you know, I follow the instructions. I'm not using it enough. Now I use it too much. And, and there was a problem because it was too much on my hand. All right. So Herman says, listen, it was rosin. It wasn't anything worse. James Hoy's umpiring crew says no. And so that's why they were entitled to an ejection there. Are you willing to give Herman the benefit of the doubt or now because this has been twice in a month? where he's at least been checked and now once ejected, you're like, come on, dude. I mean, it's it's a weird line to tell because a lot of players haven't even really been suspected once, and it's been twice for Herman. But, Rosie, until the lines are defined for what exactly the rulings are, for what is too sticky and what isn't, we're going to have the same conversation every time this happens. It's far too ambiguous. There's even the same quotes that happened in the Scherzer debacle. It was the stickiest hand I ever felt. I thought Scherzer's hand was the stickiest hand you ever felt. I think that it's it's going to keep happening this way until we can outline what exactly they're looking for and what oversteps the line. Yeah, I mean, once again, I blame Major League Baseball, just like I did for, for Max Scherzer. Now, ultimately, the pitchers are the ones that have to adhere to whatever policies they are, but this is a... Pardon the pun, but it's a sticky situation because we don't know where it is, right? So yes. part of me feels for Domingo Herman because he's 
if you believe him, he's saying that they're telling me I'm using too much. They're telling me I'm not using it enough. I don't quite understand that. There might be something caught in the language barrier there in the translation that, that maybe we're not understanding, which is really possible here. But, I mean, listen, a lot of people are going to look at him and say, because this happened twice in a month, I'm going to see him as a cheater from here on out. I don't know if I've reached those levels yet. There are some people who are going to say, well, he was treated unfairly because it was the same umpiring crew that checked him against Minnesota a month ago, and now they're nailing him in Toronto that they had it out for him. Once again, the biggest issue here is baseball's lack of leadership. They will yes. issue a statement. They'll say the umpires, it was the umpire's discretion. How the, how do we know that James Hoy and his crew are experts on what the, what it is a true sticky substance more so than rosin? And I mean, it's it's blind trust at that point. And you can play the game of, you know, Herman's had the best like four start stretch of his entire career. Maybe there's correlation there because it was the eight and a third inning outing against the your team, the Cleveland Guardians, mm -hmm. where this all started. But if you want to play that game, you also have to play it on the other side where Max Scherzer was in the midst of one of the worst stretches of his career when he got popped. So I don't really think you can play that game. And in that case, you either have to trust the umpires or trust the player, and you're not being given all the information at the end of the day. So are you saying there's a lack of transparency for Major League Baseball? That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, my God, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. And then, oh, no. you know, now I couldn't, I couldn't come up with this, and maybe you can, but there were people that were saying the spin rate was not increased last night. And Ploof on this show uh, has said before that that should be the deciding factor. It's not whether or not a guy's hand is a little stickier than normal. It's whether or not it's having an effect on the baseball. And at the end of the day, that's all hitters want is a fair and level playing field. Yeah, but you know what, Rosie? I mean, we don't check spin rates for every starter. And if we began that practice, then there's probably a lot of them that would get lost in translation. I'm sure there's been one or two starts yep. this year from a guy who had a career outing where we didn't even check his spin rates because, you know, he wasn't subject to one of these inspections. We only really go to that data when the umpires raise some sort of alarm and, you know, we're brought to that. So I guess, yeah, that's that's a plausible cause there. But at the end of the day, even me, a baseball stat nut, I'm not going to go look at spin rates every single night to try and crack down and be the investigator. No, that's fair. And and at the end of the day, I think we're all looking for some sort of harmonious answer, and we're not going to get it from this sport. Because here's the problem. As much as I am begging these guys to get in front of the camera and not just issue a written statement, because that is a one-sided document, there are no follow-up questions at that point, they know they're going to look like complete morons when they come out and say, yeah, we're leaving it in the hands of the umpires. Your league is leaving it in the hands of the umpires to determine if that is too much rosin and sweat that is in somebody's hand or it is truly a foreign substance. How ridiculous does that sound? I think at the end of the day, you're just going to have some sacrificial lambs. And if any of these guys get two of these warnings, they're going to end up being in that group. And it sucks, but that's just the way things are right now. Yeah, but that's not fair because now you're dealing with people's no. reputations. Exactly. This is something that Herman is going to be on Herman's resume. Same thing with Scherzer for the rest of his career. Once again, he is facing a 10-game suspension as Domingo Herman pending an appeal. Uh, let's stay in this series up north of the border because it's been bizarre over the last 48 <laughs> hours. It all started with the Aaron Judge side eye and then Jay Jackson, who came out yesterday to Ken Rosenthal and said, I was indeed tipping my pitches.
Then there were questions about whether or not the Blue Jays asked the league office to look at the Yankees base coaches because they were apparently standing way outside of the coaches' boxes, maybe giving them a better angle where their hitters could then give a little side eye and check and see if, you know, the the base coaches had picked up a tip on the pitchers or whatever, and whether or not that's dirty pool or whether that's just gamesmanship or everything else. So they went back and forth, and then the Blue Jays' Pete Walker, who's the pitching coach who has had his share of off-field issues, started yelling at Luis Rojas, the Mets' former manager, who's now the third base coach of the Yankees. Is all this bizarre stuff, Is that does that build the excitement and kind of a rivalry between these teams, or is it just silly childlike stuff for you? I mean, it, it's a mix of both. I think these two teams are coming in knowing that they're kind of the the rivalry of the AL East right now. I know Yankees-Red Sox has been the longstanding one, but since 2021, these teams have been going at each other. And I think it was going to be any little thing that set them off. And whether I don't, I don't really care who started it or who was doing what, because at the end of the day, it came down to, you know, who was winning the ballgame on the field, and that was the Yankees. You can talk about Judge giving the side-eye to the dugout, but did you see the pitch that he crushed dead center? It was the sixth slider in a row of the at-bat. It was a bad pitch. Aaron Judge should be crushing that pitch. And I think it just comes down to, you know, this is going to be a heated rivalry the entire season. And I think there's bad blood from last season as well. And in terms of third-base coaches standing out of the range where they should be standing, I don't Again, it goes back to the spin rate thing. This is something we never pay attention to until it's brought right in front of us for some sort of argument I think I, I think it's great because this Yankees Jays series has kind of been everything but the play on the field is getting all the media yes. attention, which is kind of what you want out of the drama of this series. I guess, but it's really weird. Like Aaron Judge hits two homers on yeah. Monday night. He hits another late go ahead homer last night, and it's like a a side note. Yeah, it is a side note. I mean, it's the thing we're not really talking about in all this. I mean. Aaron Judge is going to continue to play well. And I mean, the Yankees don't have to do much talking because they took the first two of the series, man. They're on the road. They're in the weaker mm-hmm. position here. Uh, and Toronto's doing way more talking that I would like to see from a team that is coming off a sweep of the Atlanta Braves, coming off a really impressive performance to kind of backtrack and find yourself in the midst of all this drama rather than just outplaying your rival. Uh, I, if I were a Jays fan, that would be annoying me the most. To me, the Blue Jays, and it's interesting because I have I have the Blue Jays losing to the Padres in the World Series. They are a little bit like the American League version of the San Diego Padres, meaning they play with a lot of emotion. Mm. They've got a lot of swag. They've got a lot of young talent on that team. They've added in some veterans, obviously, along the way, but they do have a lot of young talent. Very identifiable, uh, kind of a gravitational pull toward them. They're some of the young stars of the game but they haven't figured out exactly how to take that next step, right? Last year, the Padres took a step all the way to game five of the NLCS. The Blue Jays have kind of been teetering through that weird COVID season where they lived in three different places and, you know, they made the playoffs and one year they missed the playoffs on the last day of the year. And so they feel like they're right there, but they play with such emotion in a game where steady kind of wins. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned the t- the year that they missed the playoffs in 2021. I still think that has been one of the more detrimental things to this team's growth because I truly believe that in that latter half of 2021, this team was at their best. They were the hottest they ever were. They were beating every team in sight, including the Astros, and they missed the playoffs by one game. And I right. have to think that if they got in there and got that first round of playoff experience, 
2022 would have been a little bit better for them and they might have been more established now. They're still playing like they have something to prove. And yeah, they do. But at this point, we all know how talented they are. It's just the rest of the AL East is incredibly talented as well. Yeah, I watch them kind of from afar and I say there's part of me that wants them that I want to say, shut up, just play some baseball, like (laughs) enough with the chirping in the dugout, like your pitching coach shouldn't be yelling at the third base coach of the other team. Like you got enough problems, dude, just stay and do your thing. And then the other part is it makes it kind of fun to cover. You know, you're an entirely different team than anybody else out there. So it feels like you're covering a reality show at times too. Yes. Absolutely. Well, it was funny because Aaron Boone was asked about it. Uh, Dan, if we can get that clip of it. This this was my favorite soundbite of the night because somebody asked him about the back and forth because later on Aaron Boone started pointing at their coaches to make sure that they were in the coach's box as well. It's just silliness. Silliness. It's ridiculous. And I think everyone, I hope on both sides, realizes that. (laughs) Listen. He's right, though. He's right. He is. He is. He is right. There's a lot of Yankees fans that don't like Aaron Boone's moves, don't like his lineup construction, which I think is a front office issue, not so much a managerial issue on that part. I, But I think he does as good a job handling the media as almost anybody, in part because he spent almost a decade in the booth. But, man, he is so good at this stuff, and that was hilarious. And also handling the situations as they're happening on the field, whether he's yes. got like hilarious responses or just backing up his players. And that comes from being a former player himself. But yeah, I mean, his team won two games on the road against their rival at the end of the day. He doesn't have to address any of this. It's just silliness. That's all it is. Yeah, and I like that he threw in on both sides yeah. because he didn't just try and make it a one-sided thing. Uh, so that part I'll go along with. Sure. All right. Are you are you into baseball cards? I am. In fact. Okay. All right, good. Well, then you'll love this because Bowman baseball history, it dates back to 1948, which jolly, since you're so young, little history lesson for you. That was the last time my Cleveland baseball team, then known as the Indians, actually won something Longest like the World entire Series World Series. Game. Thank you. It was also the first Bowman baseball card set that was released following the end of World War II. So it has become a favorite among contemporary collectors who focus on top prospects, offering the chance to have the first card of the next superstar. So Bowman Baseball, it's an inclusive product designed for every type of collector from beginners, that's kind of like me, to veterans, ploof we know in the game. We've seen him open packs. That dude just (laughs) balls out when it comes to uh, baseball cards. So it offers top-rated prospects, rookies, and veterans. Bowman Baseball provides a fun and exciting product for everybody that's in the hobby, and each year there's a new and exciting class of potential future Hall of Fame players. This year's 2023 Bowman class includes Drew Jones, Andrew Jones's kid, the number two overall pick from last year. He's now with the Arizona Diamondbacks organization. Jacob Berry, a fast riser in the Marlins organization. Justin Crawford, last name sounds familiar. That's Carl's kid. He's in the Phillies organization. And Spencer Jones, the big left-handed hitter in the Yankees organization. Some are calling him the left-handed Aaron Judge. Kluve kind of throws up in his mouth a little bit when he hears me say that. <laughs> but the point is, I want you to find the game's future stars in 2023 Bowman Baseball. It's available to your local hobby shops, retailers, and tops.com. So you do the baseball card thing? Oh, I do. And we have a ton of packs here at the office, too. It's nice. Love that. Yeah, I mean, so go left-handed out. Aaron Jones is a little strong, but I'm hype on Spencer Jones as well. Yeah, okay. It'll be interesting to follow his career, but yeah, let's... Let's slow the roll at least let's, for a little while. Let's calm down. Right. 
So let's talk about something that'll be fun and exciting for you, shall we? Sure. Sorry. <laughs> the Rays continued their New York stay as they stopped by City Field. And they made a mockery of Justin Verlander's home debut as a New York Met. Left to a chorus of boos, the Mets have now won just six of their last 22 following a 14-7 and start. If you're not a math wizard, that is 20-23 and overall. Is this just a really bumpy ride in New York with the Mets right now? Or does it feel like a total season uphill climb for your squad? I mean... That 14 and 7 start you mentioned is looming pretty big right now because imagine if they just played 500 ball. But no, mm. I mean, this is one of the bumpiest rides I've had as a Mets fan. I mean, even in recent years with their skids, nothing quite like this considering the teams that they've played. And this felt like a big game because it was Verlander's home debut. It was the Mets playing a really good team for the first time in a while. And we were hoping they wouldn't come out flat, and they did. And I loved Verlander's quote after the game where, he said he pitched like shit, you know, didn't really say I'm happy to get through it healthy, all this, all that. He said, I pitched like shit and we got to be better and we expect to be better. And the Mets will be better. You know, they're only three games under 500, but they've got a tough month of June coming up and they got a lot of things they have to figure out before the calendar turns over. So I, I just, you know, I, I watched the Mets just like I watched the Cincinnati Reds or, you know, I watched the Miami Marlins. They're a team that I cover because I cover the sport nationally. I noticed just statistically, there's only two guys that have over like a 745 OPS that a lot of their biggest names are just okay. That a lot of those guys they signed to their in the mid 30s to their, you know, multi year deals last year, whether it's Canna or Marte or Escobar who hit a ninth inning homer, but he really isn't getting a ton of playing time, that those guys aren't contributing at all, that the starting pitching has been a mess whether it's because of injury, inconsistency, or suspension. And it just feels like they are old. I have a good friend who's a dad on Brady's baseball team who's a huge Mets fan. And Lowell, he goes, I think the Mets are done. Now, he's an over-panicked New Yorker who's in his mid-50s. Is he somewhat right? Well... They had the call-up of Mark Vientos this morning, actually, one of their top prospects. But that is right. a key. These, this team needs to find some sort of youth or agility or something. I mean, the lineup has been catching a lot of slack, but six of the eight in the six of the eight guys in there have an OPS plus of 100 or better, so league average or better. And the pitching in the rotation has just not been what Mets fans are used to. And it comes down to the two guys at the top. Scherzer and Verlander giving you two good starts every five days is what this team expected, and they're not getting any of that. And it's a lot of pressure to put on guys like McGill and Kodai Senga and the lineup to try and put up a crooked number every night. But something needs to change in the juju of this team. You mentioned before the the extended contracts that they gave out. Marte is just in year two of four, and things are looking dreadful right now. Mark Canna has been mm -hmm. sapped of power, and I know that people are excited about guys like Vientos and Beatty and Alvarez getting this call and this playing time, but you cannot rely on a trio of rookies to try and revive your team. That's way, way too much pressure to put on these kids. It might mess up their development all in all. And it's up to these veterans that have boasted the, the title of this team of being the old man Mets or whatever, the veteran Mets, to come through and prove that they're seasoned vets and can still hang. Because right now it does not look like they can still hang. I asked this to Plouf a couple of weeks ago, whether or not the rest of the 29 owners are laughing hysterically at Steve Cohn. I bet they are. 
If I'm to be completely frank, I bet they are. And I'm sure they're also enjoying the Padres slow start as well, because yeah, I bet you deep down that's what they wanted. Probably. And I think it's shitty because I, I would like to reward teams that spend money on good baseball players, but good baseball players have to start being good baseball players. And there was a danger. We talked about it with the entire rotation, basically 30, you know, when Senga was basically the youngest guy you were truly relying on in that rotation going into the season, that it was a fine line to teeter. And they've been on the wrong side of it, at least through a quarter of the season. With all that being said, you, they're three games under 500. They're only six and a half games out. You know, you got to find your footing. Like, if you don't find it by June, then you know something's wrong. So they got a couple more weeks, in my opinion. A uh, bunch of other big stories that happened on Tuesday. So you can have your choice or you can kind of go off the uh, off the menu here. Nolan Arenado homered in a fifth straight game. Uh, the Marlins got a walk-off uh, from Soler to improve to 13-1 and one in one-run games. Uh, bad news, though. Jazz Chisholm's out four to six weeks with a turf toe injury. Wade Miley of the Brewers left his start early with a bad lat. Uh, Kumar Rocker, the guy that the Mets couldn't sign because they thought he had arm trouble. He's now in the Rangers organization after being a top three pick. He's going to have Tommy John. Uh, another former Met, Jacob deGrom, in the Rangers organization through his first light side session. Since being on the injured list, they're not going to put a timetable on it, but at least he's moving. So there's a bunch of things you could choose from or go off oh, yeah. the menu. What's the biggest thing for you? I think I want to tackle the Marlins really quickly because I want to tell you about this this one-run anomaly that we're witnessing with these Marlins right now. Ooh, um, you got some stats here? Oh, I have some stats, Rosie. Rosie, I, I, I want you to guess what the Marlins' winning percentage in one-run games last year was. Oh, I know that they were terrible because their bullpen sucked mm -hmm. and their starting pitching was so good, so they were in a lot of games. I am going to say their one-run winning percentage was like 397. It was even worse than that. It was 375. They were 24 and 40 oh. in one-run games last year. And you have to ask yourself if the Marlins could have gone 500 in those games, 32 and 32, they climb all the way up to near a 500 season. And that's exactly what's happening right now. There are 500 team, except the crooked number is 13 and one in these one run games. And I want to give props to Kim Ang for bolstering this bullpen and really putting things together back there. Mm -hmm. They did just lose AJ Puck, who has been their closer and has been great. He'll be back, yeah. but it shocks me because the rotation hasn't been that good. Sandy Alcantara has an ERA near five. Yep. Edward Cabrera is over five. The only guy that's really been twirling it back there Lizardo. is Jesus Lazardo. And then after that, it comes down to their four-plus hitters in their offense. What the Marlins are doing right now is very, very impressive. I don't know how sustainable it is, but they are taking advantage of what is a weak NL East right now, and I think that's worth talking about. No, that that is it's a really good point. Right? We didn't have the Mets pegged at you know three below 500 more than a quarter into the season. The Phillies are still trying to find their footing as well. You know, the Braves have far and away been the most consistent team, but it looked like they were going to run away with it for a little while. And then they mm -hmm. kind of get kicked in the balls up there in Toronto. They lost last night in Texas. So um, with all that being said, I still don't trust the Marlins offense. No. And I think it's, I think at some point that bullpen is just going to give in. If this team finishes at 500, I'd be shocked this year. I think that the pieces are there, but Jazz needs to go out and be a star. The rotation needs to behave like we expect them to, and the bullpen needs to stay together. And I don't know that all of those things happen. But right now, they've put themselves 
very good position to try and achieve those things. And I want to commend that because the Marlins actually retooled and tried to figure some things out this offseason, and some of it is paying off. Uh, as for your other topics, I mean, Arenado homering in five straight games. I think we all knew cool. eventually after the fiasco, the Cardinals were going to come around and start to figure things out. Uh, they lost last night, but the sweep in Boston, they absolutely trounced the Brewers in that first game. It was only a matter of time before St. Louis kind of clicked and started to go. For me, I'm actually going to go off my own menu. And it was a little bit of a side note, but Walker Bueller threw, I, I don't want to call it a full side session because it wasn't on the mound. He, of course, is trying to come back from Tommy John surgery. He did have like a little mini press conference in the dugout. And he said, listen, September 1st is still my goal. Mm. And I guarantee you Dodger fans went. <clears throat> now, he also followed that up by saying, I want to, if I come back September 1st, I want to come back with a certain pitch count, which means I don't want to be the guy that's going to 40 pitches and then get out. He's like, I need to be able to help the squad. The nice thing is September 1st, we do expand the rosters, not as big as we used to, but there is more flexibility there. So if you can get him and build him up through the month of September to be at the point where he could be a piggyback guy in a game and give you four innings, because there aren't a lot of guys that have been better than Walker Bueller come October. I know he's still young, but look at some of his numbers. Almost 11 and a half strikeouts per nine, an ERA under three. He's pitched some of their bigger games. Um so if you get anything from Walker Bueller, let's remember what happened to the Dodgers in the San Diego series last year. They were they were light in arm. They were one arm light. And if that if the difference could have been, could be Walker Bueller, more power to him. I mean, at the end of the day, we know that the Dodgers are going to be there. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed right. because they always do it so quietly, but they've started to go. They started 8 and 9, now they're 27 and 16. I'm really happy my Mets caught them early in the year when they were kind of stumbling because if we caught them now, we would get swept because they've clicked and they're figuring things out and their young guys are going. And if you look at their rotation, they've got Gonsolin, who's had four great starts. Kershaw has been ageless, it seems. And then Dustin May has been fantastic and is finally staying mm -hmm. healthy. And if you add Walker Buehler to that rotation, those four guys in a seven-game set, that is a hard rotation to beat Plus, you're facing a lineup of Freddie Freeman, a resurgent Max Muncy, and Mookie Betts. And, oh, maybe adding Otani at the deadline. Who the hell knows? The Dodgers have suddenly – do oh. I'm just saying, you know, like don't, that's, don't, what don't that that's what we're hey, gearing up for. That's what we're gearing up for. Do not slide that in. Do not slide that in. You just sent our Angels fan base into a tizzy. Aren't they above know, 500? They're, they're doing well. No Angels. Yeah, they're hanging in there. No, they're, no doing, they're doing just fine. By the way, you forgot one name in the rotation, Julio Urias. Yeah. Don't forget about him. But could be a length guy. Who the hell knows? But yeah, that's yeah, not he, a team I'd want to catch in September. No. So that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Yo, what up, guys? Producer Dan here to let you know that the baseball season is, of course, in full swing. And whether you're rooting for the home team or betting on your favorite player, DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered for all this season's action. And right now, new customers can place a $5 bet and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. 
You can join the big league action now on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app and sign up with code BASEBALL today. New customers can bet just $5 and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code BASEBALL today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Kansas, 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right, last thing before we get out of here, our guy Trevor Plouffe, uh, he, the reason he's not on today's show is because he's doing the Twins broadcast all week. He's got three in L.A., uh, finishing up a series today with the Dodgers, but it is a noon local time start. So he had to get up and do his uh, yoga stretching and stare in the mirror for his uh, 27 minutes a day like he does, wearing just a Speedo, and, you know, he had to get down to the ballpark. So he, mm -hmm. he couldn't make a half hour for us, and that's why Jolly is here, and we love having Jolly here. However, our boy Ploof said something interesting last night as he braved the elements in Southern California. Hey, Trev, you enjoying this? Tonight I am. It's getting a little cool down here. You got a blanket up there, Dick? Spoken <laughs> <laughs> uh, like a true so, Southern California. So our chances of getting you to come do games at Target Field in April aren't very good if you're chilled tonight. <laughs> You, you know, I've been up to Ely, Minnesota. I can deal with that. I can deal with a little bit of chill here in uh, Southern California. I feel all right. Just a little nippy. Does does Ploof lose points because he asked for a blanket during the game? Did you hear the last three words that he said, Rosie? He said a little nippy. Trevor Ploof <laughs> said a little nippy. He does lose some points for me, man. I mean, he made his big TV debut. We were all high on it. He gives me that quote, and then I saw his performance last night in the Blitzball game, which I won't spoil, but I was a little underwhelmed. I think he's lost some points in the last 24 hours. Now it's Trevor Plouffe. He can wow. easily get them back. But come on, wow. man. A little nippy in SoCal? What are we doing? Yeah, It reminds me a little bit of watching Tony Gonzalez on the Amazon Prime pregame show where they'd have to get him a heated blanket every week, and he'd <laughs> sit next to Carissa Thompson freezing his ass off. And all the guys are making fun of him. Like, dude, you played in the NFL for like 15 years. What are you doing complaining about wearing a suit up on a set? He's like, yeah, but I didn't like the cold. So that just, it took me back to those times with Ploof. There's Ploofy, something be admirable. There's something admirable about having no shame, though. You know, there's something respectful about it. I guess. I'm cold. I'm a little nippy. I need a blanket. So, you know what? Maybe I retract a little bit. I guess if that's the way you want to look at it, but apparently, and we don't get the twins feet out here in LA. All right. It's blacked out. We only get the Dodgers. So uh, people have been saying he's doing great. I'm very proud of him. He'll continue that uh, wrapping up the series in LA. And then he's going to go out to Anaheim and cover the twins three game set out there against Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and the boys. So that's going to be awesome. Hell As yeah. always, my friend, I appreciate you filling in and hanging out. We always love checking out your baseball reference stuff. You know, I get, I hop on there. I don't watch the full thing. I do the um, the ones they just send out the screenshot. The shorts. And see oh, the Twitter. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. That's where I do that. So you start replying, and, Rosie. I don't see you down there. Come on. Oh, Get no, no. Well, I don't want to hit reply because the minute you hit reply, then you can see all the answers for me. Oh, sometimes. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I do pretty well on those. Pretty well. I believe. I so. believe it. Yeah. I'm going to have to get into We're going to have to do more trivia stuff the next time I get out there. You know, oh, yeah, we actually get in the office. We have a very fun 
themed one coming out, I think, next week based on Trevor Plouffe's TV debut. We're doing baseball media personalities who are players in their heyday. Should be fun. Oh, oh. for uh, baseball reference? Yep. Oh, that is excellent. I love that. I love it. And by the way, you've inspired me. I went out and we did some content at Dodger Stadium with the Dodgers and Twins. That'll be coming out. Some cute stuff. I don't want to give it away too much, but the first don't one. Don't spoil it for me. I'm excited. I'm looking yeah, we forward got a to few it. Of the big, we got a few of the big stars. Mookie, Freddie Freeman, Carlos Correa all did stuff. So it's going to be pretty good. Very nice, Rosie. All right. Keep up the good work, my friend. Uh, for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rohr, and the always entertaining and informative and stat-driven brain of Jolly Olive, I am Chris Rose. Ploof will be back with us Thursday on Baseball Today.